what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Happy Friday, May 20th, episode number 145. Still kind of crazy to me that we've hit 145 episodes on this show, but hey, here we are. A little choppy to get to this point, but I appreciate you guys tuning in today. It's uh, It's been a while since we last talked. Um Wanted to touch on that here, I guess, right at the beginning of the show, just to kind of get that out of the way. Kind of give you guys a quick update. The After the Freestyle and Greco State tournaments, um, which were at Southeast Polk earlier this month, um, I had rough plans to do a podcast, but I think ultimately the week off was, was definitely a good thing. Ultimately went home last week, um, much needed um, PTO, but also got to watch my brothers graduate college. So one of them graduated from Nebraska. The other one graduated from Arkansas, got to go spend some time with the fam, celebrate those guys. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, that, that took us offline for a week. Uh, but now we're back and we've come back to, um, pretty busy time of the year for us at the register, right? I know we, we primarily do wrestling here, but um, additionally, it is spring sports season in the state of Iowa, and late May means it's state championship spring sports season in the state of Iowa. This week specifically, we all got ready for the state track meet, which is already going on at Drake Stadium in Des Moines. Um, first day was yesterday, Thursday. Second day is today, Friday. I'm actually going to head out to Drake and, and hang out there for majority of the day because then this weekend we're headed to Coralville and Extreme Arena for the USA Wrestling Senior World Team Trials Challenge Tournament. Uh, we're going to see men's freestyle, women's freestyle, Greco-Roman wrestling. All, um, you know, a lot of the nation's best wrestlers fight for a spot in Final X. You know, it's the second step of the World Team Trials process. I think a lot of us know that by now. If not, um, the three-step process um, roughly looks like this, right? They had the U.S. Open um, back in late May or late April, early May. Um, that was kind of the the biggest component of the first step, right, of the of the World Team Trials process. You go to the U.S. Open. Anybody can go to the U.S. Open. You place, um, you know, I believe it's top seven for most of the weights, and that qualifies you for the World Team Trials. There's a handful of other ways to qualify for the World Team Trials. Like I know Iowa's Tony Cassiope is going to be there because he's a U23 world champ. David Carr from Iowa State is going to be there. He's a past junior world champ and also an NCAA All-American top three finishers. So guys like Austin DeSanto qualified, Jacob Warner qualified. I'm not sure that either of them are going to be there unless they're a late entry that we just don't know about yet. But um, lots of different ways to qualify for the World Team Trials. They had a last chance qualifier last weekend in um, Atlantic City in New Jersey. That's actually where an incoming um, Iowa women's wrestler, Nyla Valencia, qualified. So she will be in Coralville this weekend. I believe she's one of two future Iowa women's wrestlers that will be there. Her and Nenea Estrella, um, who won the Senior U.S. Open. So she will be there. Nyla will be there. Tony Cassiope will be there. And then just a lot of America's best wrestlers are going to be there. Um, and you got to win the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament to get to Final X, which is the third step of USA Wrestling's World Team Trials process. You get to Final X. Um, you win the best two out of three series. You you earn the right to rep U.S. at the World Championships, right? A handful of wrestlers are already at Final X um, by virtue of uh, being a returning world medalist. I, for the most part, that that's kind of the deal um, if you want an automatic buy to Final X and bypass the rest of the process. So, you know, guys like Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Dake, um, David Taylor, um, Thomas Gilman, returning world champ. A um, lot of uh, women's freestylers as well, like Sarah Hildebrand, she's there. Kayla Miracle, she's there. Um, 
you know, and then Greco-Roman wrestler, uh, Tracy Hancock, right? He's a returning world bronze medalist. He is already at Final X. So, um, yeah, lots of, lots of, it's kind of a weird, convoluted process, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, at least I think it does. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, if you feel a certain way about it, let me know. Generally, I have no issue with it. Um, but that kind of leads into what today's show is going to be about, you know, as we're almost five minutes into the podcast, talking music, talking, you know, hey, Cody, where were you last week? And now here, um, we're talking wrestling, right? The, the World Team Trials are this weekend at uh, Extreme Arena in Coralville. And what kind of struck me um, was just how many wrestling events we have seen at Extreme Arena since it opened in September of 2020, right? So it's less than two years old, and already we have seen a handful of major wrestling tournaments come through, right? We've seen the U.S. Senior Open a couple of times. We saw the the Junior World Team Trials event last year, um, National Recruiting Showcase event. Uh, the, the folks at Think Iowa City have put on a handful of tournaments like the Dan Gable Donnybrook. Um, they stepped up for the NWCA and the Division Three teams for the Division Three National Tournament. Um you know, and, and there's still, you know, there's still a lot more big events that are coming to Extreme Arena, right? I, World Team Trials are this weekend. Um, you know, they, they are they are looking at the, the, the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union. Their initial, their inaugural Girls State Championship tournament is going to be at Extreme Arena um, in December. Over the span of five weeks, they've got the, uh, the Dan Gable Donnybrook, which was a fantastic um, high school wrestling competition that they hosted last season. Um, the UWW World Cup for both men's and women's freestyle, so the world's best wrestlers are coming to Coralville to wrestle in Extreme Arena. And then later in December, this is all December 2022, the Soldier Salute, which is kind of a new mid-season collegiate wrestling tournament um, that they just recently announced. And, and we'll get into kind of the genesis behind that idea on today's show because I, it's become... Uh, America's latest wrestling hotspot, right? And um, if you talk to the folks who are kind of behind Extreme Arena and the Iowa City Coralville Sports Commission, um, you know, they call it Wrestling Town USA, right? Um, and so I, I, I called up a few of those people, Josh Schomberger, who's the president of Think Iowa City, as well as Luke Eustace, who's the director of sports development at the Iowa City Coralville Area Sports Commission, just to kind of talk to them about how Extreme Arena kind of became this wrestling hub, right? And and kind of, you know, how did they start to really build you know, this reputation for hosting, you know, not just any event because Extreme Arena does a lot of different events, concerts. They house the Iowa volleyball program. They house the, the Iowa Heartlanders uh, minor league hockey team, right? They do graduations. They do the, I think they've done monster truck shows there. They've put on, um, you know, I think USA Gymnastics has been at Extreme Arena, but they've, they very, very specifically kind of become, um, you know, this wrestling hotspot, right? And, um, I, I kind of wanted to pick uh, Josh and Luke's brain just kind of about the, the process and, and the story behind Extreme Arena and Coralville really becoming this wrestling hub. And, um, you know, you'll hear in the conversation with them here coming up shortly, but this was very much by design, right? I mean, Coralville has long had a master plan to kind of rebuild, um, you know, what was formerly the Brownsfields area into what is now the Iowa River Landing, right? And so it was kind of a three-pronged plan. They needed a hotel, they needed a major retailer, and they needed an entertainment source, right? So, um, you know, over the course of the last three decades, it has become all of that and more in Extreme Arena, um, you know, which broke ground May 2018, finished completion and opened September 2020 was kind of the, the third leg of that master plan. 
um, to really turn the Iowa River Landing into what it is today, what we all know it to be. There's restaurants, there's bars, there's retails, there's shops, there's hotels, there's all sorts of um, you know, big events and, and bigger opportunity there now just right there off of, you know, I-80 and First Avenue. So we talked to Josh and Luke just kind of about the, the backstory about how this all came to be, um, you know, and we also, I really, I got to kind of got a sense of, of both of their, you know, wrestling backgrounds. You know, Luke Eustis, I, a lot of people I think know that, you know, wrestler at the University of Iowa, NCAA finalist, Josh Schomburger, not so much a wrestler, but an absolute super fan. And so both of them kind of go um, a little bit into their background about why, um, you know, wrestling means so much to them, but then also, you know, what this, uh, you know, being able to kind of turn Coralville into this wrestling hub, um, what it's meant to them, kind of what their process is like and what it's been like for them to kind of really enjoy, um, you know, hosting all these events, right. And, and kind of what that means to them. So we'll get to that conversation here coming up right now with Josh Schomberger and Luke Eustis from Think Iowa City about how Coralville and Extreme Arena became America's latest wrestling hotspot. Let's go to that now. You know, I, I, I guess I was kind of curious, like from the beginning, how did, you know, how did you guys kind of turn Coralville into this place where all these wrestling events come to now, right? Like it's, you know, I know Extreme Arena and, and redoing the, the River Landing had a lot to do with, you know, creating that type of, um, you know, creating a place where you guys could pitch all these wrestling events, but like where, where, where does this begin? Like where does this overhaul or this, where does this story begin? I guess I'll leave it open-ended like that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if I had to go back and look at a beginning point, I would say it's probably the 2009 trip that I made with Mike DeRoe and Tom and Gable and Les Steenledge when we went out to Colorado Springs and made our formal pitch and presentation to host the 2012 trials. And... Uh, you know, we're stacked up against uh, several other cities around the country. I remember Columbus was there and Omaha was there and uh, there was a couple other cities. And, you know, obviously we spent a lot of time doing our homework on that and convincing USA Wrestling that we were ready for a big time event like that and would set a new bar. And they, uh, you know, gave us the opportunity. Uh, it wasn't hard. Obviously, it's it's never hard to convince anybody that um, that we're going to have a, a good crowd and a, and a great event when you're when you're located in Wrestling Town, USA, uh, Iowa City, uh, Iowa. So that kind of kicked things off, and obviously the work that I do here at the at the Convention and Visitors Bureau that's right in our wheelhouse is is taking advantage of those opportunities to bring big time events here and, and the visitors that come with it. So. Um, you know, from there, it just kind of snowballed. We broke all records in 2012 and before, uh, Rich and everybody left the, left the building, we had already negotiated a, a contract and agreement to rehost in 16. And then, you know, uh, I just wanted to do more and more. And so, uh, we had this opportunity to maybe consider, it was thrown out to us to consider the 2018 world cup. Uh, and at the same time, we had really started to do uh, some legwork in the development, the final stage of the Iowa River Landing, uh, an area that I've been intimately involved in uh, since 2003 in, in kind of uh, helping redevelop with the city of Corbo. But in, in, at the same time, we were 
bidding on and, and winning the opportunity to host the World Cup in 2018, we were really kickstarting the uh, what is now known as Extreme Arena. And so throughout that entire development of the arena, you know, me being uh, in the work that I do and, and being such a, uh, a big-time wrestling fan and supporter uh, and having the opportunity to lead that project, that arena, where I serve as president of the board that owns that arena, you know, I, I, there wasn't a moment or a day that went by that I didn't think of how this facility could be better suited for wrestling. From sight lines to back of house call to mat, to warm up space, uh, to load in, load out, uh, mat storage, uh, all of that stuff. And, uh, and so we made sure that when we opened the doors, uh, you know, it was my goal of, of being nothing short of having it be the best wrestling venue in the country. Uh, and, and what I mean, and, and when I say best, I mean, best for the athlete, best for the coach, best for the experience. The fans are going to be there, and obviously uh, the environment will be great, but it'll only be great with great wrestling and, and athletes and experience. And so we start with the athlete, and that's that's where we went. And, and you know, in 20, uh, 2018, I also got the opportunity to convince Luke Eustace to come and work for uh, us here and to start the process of leading our sports commission. And obviously, everybody knows Luke is synonymous with wrestling his entire career. And so it was an easy fit. And while we've had a lot of successes over the past probably decade, uh, and certainly the last several years with Luke's leadership, with a lot of different sports, um, it means it means a great deal to me and Luke to uh, to be seen as as putting on the best, uh, first class tournaments in the country. Uh, we, we don't take that for granted that we get those opportunities, uh, and we want to keep realizing those opportunities. That's awesome. That's a long, that's a long run, Aaron, but hopefully you recorded that and there's something you can take away. <laughs> I've got, I've got my recorder sitting here. Cause I just kind of, I, I enjoy the free flowing, um, you know, kind of storytelling of this. Um, and, and it sounds like I just kind of, I don't know, circling back a little bit, it sounds like a lot of it started with that 2012, um, you know, landing the Olympic trials. Is that, I mean, is that fairly accurate that that kind of really jump-started what you guys have, you know, everything you guys have done since? There's no doubt. And I think also, you know, Luke was one of the deft hands uh, behind, um, uh, you know, the Kinnick, um, um, uh, why my grapple in the gridiron, um, that's what we called it, right? That's what you called it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, but 2012 was it, you know, and, and having the entire country see what this community and, and the Hawkeye fan base will do to support wrestling, not just the Hawkeyes. And then, you know, seeing like in 2018 when we had World Cup, there were some electric moments there. You know, it's almost as if like Dake and Taylor – became adopted sons of Hawkeye Nation. And it's really weird to say that. It really is weird to say that because obviously as a Hawkeye fan, I despise them as, as competitors at the collegiate level, but they are phenomenal wrestlers. And it was just so awesome to see the Hawkeye wrestling fan base step up and represent Team USA and just have such a deep appreciation for the sport. And, and they've done that time and time again. I mean, just look at this past year when 
Dable was in their restaurant, right? So it, it's just, uh, there's people all over this country that know uh, the culture here. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, what do you remember about that 2009 trip to land the 2012 trials? Like, what was the like? What was the pitch? What do you like? What do you remember about being there in Colorado Springs? Like, were, were you guys nervous? Like, what, like what what do you recall from that meeting? I wasn't nervous because I had done a million of those type presentations already. I mean, I had already been 12 years into my career, kind of doing this type of work. And for that particular event, I was just very, very confident. I mean. Can, do you have the ability to deliver the promise behind the brand, right? And we got that in spades here in Iowa City as it relates to wrestling. So, you know, I, I was if I was nervous about anything, it was it was disappointing. Uh, Mike, Tom, or Gable, uh, and I wasn't about to do that. So I was over prepared, and I remember going in and doing a tremendous amount of homework or different aspects. And I still have that like 60 page PowerPoint deck that we, we ran through, but, uh, you know, ran through it on the plane out, uh, spent, got out there early to make sure I had prepped, knew where we were going and just dialed it up. Right. And, um, you know, show up, dominate, go home. Just like Iowa wrestling. That's what we tried to do, <laughs> uh, but maybe not as, uh, uh, you know, just in, in spirit, obviously like, I completely respect, uh, and I, and it was funny when Columbus walked out, I knew my peers in Columbus and they're like, good luck. And I said, well, good luck to you too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. But it was, uh, it was great. And, you know, I can't say enough about the leadership and, um, of, of a guy like Mike DeRoe and the role that he played in that with, uh, with Tom, that's awesome. Yeah, I know I've talked to I've talked to Tom plenty of times just about the the efforts to try and bring, you know, big events like that to, you know, Carver initially, but then that kind of leads into, you know, I, you guys land the 2012 trials, you get 2016, I guess before that tournament even ends. When when did the I when did Extreme Arena become a thought? Like when did you guys start planning on that because that's, you know, that's Obviously, you touched on how you, you wanted to build an arena specifically for wrestling. When when did that? When did the thought process or planning behind that begin? Well, the arena actually dates back to the late '80s in the city of Corvo's master plan, and so it's always been on the uh, on the docket for uh, the city of Corvo as it relates to Iowa River Landing. And you know, there's there's been a strong demand and need for a for an arena of this size in our community. Um, and, you know, I, I was really most excited about all the wrestling opportunities because folks don't realize that Carver Hawkeye Arena is not air conditioned. And so <laughs> we've never been able to take advantage of freeco, uh, freestyle Greco season, right? Ever. And so I knew we, were, we would be a destination. I knew there'd be a tremendous amount of freestyle and Greco opportunities. And so let's you know, leverage our reputation and our fan base to do more and more wrestling here because we'll support it. We'll step up and people like Luke and myself are fired up to put it on, you know? Um, and so, uh, when the arena really has always been there and then in the, uh, in the, you know, early part of the last decade, we really had an up a couple opportunities, the city of Corville to kind of kickstart it. And so uh, I jumped in with both feet with the city of Coralville. And as I mentioned, throughout the entire planning process, Luke and I were over there all the time 
um, figuring out ways that maybe things can be tweaked just ever so slightly here and there to make that athlete uh, experience unlike anywhere else in the country. Uh, you combine an, uh, a facility like that, an environment like that, with a fan base like we have, and there's 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 no other place in the world that can that can do that. Um, you know, we've we've been criticized as recently as just a couple of weeks ago that there's too much wrestling here. Uh, I think that's absurd. I think it's ridiculous. You know, if 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 you're going to criticize a community that embraces the sport so much that tries to put on an event that's worthy, that the sport deserves, electric atmosphere, incredibly passionate fans, and more importantly, a community that will step up and invest to pay to put on that show, um, you know, that seems a little strange to me. Uh, there's probably another, not another organization like ours and like the, specifically the one Luke leaves, leads and he's here, he should speak to it. There's not an organization like his in this country that embraces this sport as much as uh, as much as ours does and is willing to put thousands and thousands of dollars behind it to, um, to grow it. Um, and we haven't even talked about women's wrestling and, and the growth of that and me taking Luke to, uh, to Vevey, Switzerland in February of 2020 and per, flying all the way over there to talk to UWW and their offices about ways that the World Cup product can be improved and to really put women on an equal stage to men and making that initial proposal, letting it be digested by UWW and thought about for a while and then, and then going back at him again in Oslo uh, at Worlds a couple of years ago and, and, uh, and, and, getting it done, you know, being the first state, the first country in the world that's going to have the men's and women's world cup on the same stage, same environment. And it's going to happen right here in wrestling town, USA in Iowa. Uh, so we believe it and we live it. And as I mentioned, we don't take the opportunities for granted. I want every event here and Luke can speak to this to have every athlete. He's an athlete. He knows what, what it's about. There's a reason we just brought Victoria Francis on board on our team. She's obviously busy this week, but she's going to help us with World Cup. She's going to help us with Soldier Salute. She's going to help us with Dan Gable, Donnie Brook as we roll out these women's events and make sure that the athlete and what they need is front and center. And we're committed to uh, uh, to, to leading. Oh, absolutely. I should shut up. I should shut up. Luke, <laughs> you should say a couple things here. Jesus. Well, I, one of the things I kind of was um, – well, one of the things I wanted to – I thought was cool about what you guys do, and I think this is something that maybe Luke can speak to a little bit, is that you guys don't – you know, you don't shy away from hardly any wrestling event, right? Like it's it's the World Team Trials this weekend. In, in December, it's the Men's and Women's Freestyle World Cup, but you guys also do the Donnybrook. You guys stepped up for the D3 National Championships. You guys, um, you know, hosting the Girls' State Tournament um, the last few years with IWCOA and then this upcoming year with the Girls' Union. Um, there's, you know, National Recruiting Showcase. We could go on and on. Um, you don't shy away from any, you know, age level, any – you know, whether it's, you know, high school or USA wrestling events or UWW events. Um, but though, I guess maybe the, the, the thing that I've noticed, um, you know, and I'm sure this is pretty deliberate by you guys is that 
I, it, it is high class for the athletes. Every single you guys roll out the red carpet for them at every single event, whether it's you know a, a high school tournament or you know the best athletes in the world come into Extreme Arena, and that that that's a really cool thing that I think a lot of people um, you know maybe either don't notice because maybe they're not in the arena as much as you know you guys are and I I am, but um, that that to me has kind of stood out as like a really cool thing that you guys make you know emphasize with each event that you host here. Well, we're lucky with a with a with a facility, right? The facility is is it leads that way, and it, and it screams high class. It screams first rate event, and so that that helps a ton from the ribbon board and the end boards and those kind of things. They give you the restaurant, you know, all that stuff combined really give you an opportunity to showcase the wrestlers and and to roll off the red carpet for them. That's first and foremost. And the second thing was just being, um, one, it's our job. It's my job. It's Kylie Walker's job. It's our job to get things into town and to showcase our community the best way we possibly can. And we feel that is a really good way to showcase our community. And then ultimately, I, you know, we were athletes. Kylie Walker, who just graduated, she's sport development at, at, with uh, the Sports Commission and myself. We're both athletes. We're both former athletes. We know what what it's like to feel appreciated. We know what it's like to be at a first class event and have the things that you need at your fingertips to be able to go out and compete at, at the highest level. And so those things are just kind of second nature, and they're what we try to do every single time. Absolutely. When did you, Luke? When did you decide that? Y- you wanted to kind of jump into, you know, this line of business when you wanted to start, you know, helping host and put on and, and showcase, you know, I mean, not just wrestling events. There's a lot of stuff that goes on at Extreme Arena, but I know we're, we're primarily talking wrestling here. When do you want to make that switch or that transition? Oh, I probably would say when when Tom and and his staff at the time, it was an eight, nine 2008, 2009, they really started to realize that we needed to ramp up the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. And how are we going to ramp up fundraising for that? And it was through events. And so collectively amongst the staff and obviously the HWC board, we really ramped up all the events that were happening within the club. And that was probably the first time in my, when that kind of opened my eyes, right? I like running events. I like being a part of these things. I like trying to make them better every single year. And then obviously it just kind of kept growing, you know, the 12, 16 trials grapple on the gridiron 18 world cup you know those things are they're addictive they're very addictive of of running high level events like that and then ultimately you're a competitor so you're always trying to do something a little bit better and looking at it after the fact and saying okay what could we do what could we have done better what worked let's go back to the drawing board so the next time we do it it's that much better and isn't that what you do as an athlete Right. You maybe you have a maybe you win a state title, but it was by a point or maybe you win a national title by a point. What do I got to do? I got to go back and get better. I have to go back and work on this. I have to be more organized or I have to go out and get another sponsor. What does it look like? And then really, when I finally made the jump, it was just for me, it was my family was getting was getting older and they were getting busier. And, you know, the college athletics is very demanding, demanding for everybody athletes coaches support staff everybody like that so then it was just at that point it was like okay hey i think i'm i'm kind of ready to try to tackle another another part of my life and see if i can be successful at 
at this other venture too. Yeah, no doubt. It's still to be, it's still to be determined. Yeah, we're still working through that to be successful. <laughs> still got a few other things we want to do. He hasn't gotten any junior worlds yet. That's the only one I still got to get. Oh man, like it, I, is that is that I mean is that on the to do list? You know, junior. I know you guys have kind of talked about this, you know, to me and others in passing. But you know, like Cadet Worlds, Junior Worlds, is a Senior World Championship on the horizon, or or you know, what else no. do you guys want to bring here? No, Senior Worlds is impossible with the way UWW structured the bid fees and what they value that particular deal. It's 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 not at all possible for a community of our size, and it's really only possible for a for a city in the United States when you have um, somebody underwriting a substantial portion of that. And obviously wrestling has a few billionaires that are, you know, loosely attached, actually more than loosely, with, uh, with the sport. And so when they can step up, and if they want senior worlds in the United States, it can happen, but never here. Junior worlds is very much in play. And uh, I think that, you know, we still got some things we want to accomplish and grow too, but I would I would love the opportunity to someday know that uh, have Luke and I get the opportunity to host Junior Worlds and uh, and I think we we're the perfect state for it. Um, that's the last sort of thing on my box outside of what we just were able to um, to get done and hopefully that we're going to be pulling off this December with with men's and women's on the same stage for World Cup. That'd be awesome. That'd be really awesome. Josh, when did your, uh, how did you become a wrestling fan? What's that? How did you become a wrestling fan? You know, it's weird. I, I didn't grow up with wrestling, even though I went to a high school that's got powerhouse in wrestling. I didn't follow the sport too much. I went to Poway High School in San Diego. Okay. Um, which is a pretty well-known wrestling school. Um, very dominant. But I grew up just kind of surfing and playing high school golf. You know, I, I grew up as a military brat, which is really the roots of what, of what, of this thing that we just announced with Soldier Salute. Um, it comes from my military background and, and family. <clears throat> but when I moved here, and obviously in 2001, I, I was given the opportunity to come lead the, the bureau here in Iowa City, Corvo in, in 01, so a little over 20, 21 years ago. You know, I quickly started to become a fan of wrestling and uh i got to know obviously uh gable and and uh, you know ultimately tom and terry came back to town and started working with them from about the day they arrived obviously became close with uh with luke and quite a few others over the years my cousins are half brothers of mcdonough so I always have followed McDonough his whole life. He's pretty much been my family. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I realize the impact wrestling has on this community. And so while it's important and it's something we take advantage of to grow our local economy and to continue to support indirectly the growth of Iowa wrestling, and now with Clarissa, Iowa women's wrestling, which we were intimately involved with, um, you know, it, it makes sense. But but more than that, I, I'm I'm just I'm a, I'm a I'm a super fan, right? Um, I believe in the sport. We invest in the sport. 
Luke and I have found ways to raise money to build the girls programs at four area high schools and have done everything we can to help Eric and that crew. And it's the right thing to do. And it's just a, it's a, it's a beautiful sport. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, this seems like the, I, I don't like with you two in charge and, and this brand new arena and a continually growing area that, you know, the, the love for wrestling's kind of already embedded in the fabric of it. Right. It just, it seems like the perfect storm and, um, you know, I, it easy for me to say, right. Cause I live 90 minutes away and it's always fun just driving in knowing that you guys are going to put on a first rate event and bring in, you know, super talented athletes. And then, you know, the world team trials, for example, that naturally you're going to have America's best athletes on the mat. Um, but it just seems like the perfect storm about what you guys have been able to do. And it's just, you know, it's, I, I, I don't know that we, you know, people might tease like, why are all the wrestling events in Iowa? But it's like, well, yeah, like, why would it be anywhere else? Right. It just seems kind of second nature to us. And, um, you know, I, I like it's, it's, it's been kind of impressive and a lot of fun to just kind of see what you guys have been able to do. So I was really, that's kind of what the point of the conversation was in the story I was trying to write is like, Hey, like he, you know, these, you know, obviously there's a lot of wrestling events at this arena, but you know, there's a reason for it. And, and here are the reasons why, right? Like you guys primarily do a damn good job of just taking care of the athletes, um, you know, and well, talking. I think, I think those, those organizations have to trust who, you know, they have to trust us and we've built that trust and they know that we're going to, we're going to go out of our way to make sure that it's a well-run event. Right, so two of us flew down to Texas to help Texas put on the Olympic trials. Yeah, I remember you guys telling me. (laughs) We're committed to the sport, and uh, but you know it takes a lot of money to put these on, and you've and to put on events like this to put to put it on at a level and a scale and a and and create an environment that that the sport deserves. It, it takes a lot of uh, connections, resources, logistics to put these on. And people, I don't think like most people understand what goes into it behind the scenes. You know, UWW World Cup uh, in December is going to run probably about $700,000 to put on. It's, it's a lot of work to figure out how you're going to pay for something like that. That's a beast, yeah. Uh, and there's not anywhere else in this country that can put that on without somebody writing a pretty big check and subsidizing it, uh, except for here. Uh, and we can put it on because we have a fan base that absolutely is animalistic when it comes to a wrestling environment. Uh, we may not see a little bit of that this weekend because it's World Team Trials. It's in the middle of graduations and it's in May. Uh, but when it comes to like Olympic trials and world cup and wrestling season stuff, it's, it's a sellout, right? It's all, it's always a sellout. Um, and that's what it'll be again this fall. Absolutely. But but to Luke's point, it's about trust, you know, and, uh, USA wrestling, Gordon, John Danielle, UWW, that entire team, they know that if, if they partner with us, they really don't need to do much <laughs> because <laughs> we we own all the equipment. We have we know how to put it on, and and they know they'll see me out there taping mats if that's what Luke tells me to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think the I, one of the last questions I had for you guys is: I, I did you think, or did you know, or did you plan for all of this to kind of happen? after you guys landed the 2012 Olympic trials? Like, I, I know I keep circling back to that because that seems like where this whole thing starts with that 09 meeting, but 
Um, you know, I mean, did you guys kind of envision everything else that has unfolded since then when you guys were able to, to land that bid? Well, Luke should answer that too, but I, I would say yes. <laughs> I, uh, this is exactly what I envisioned. Uh, and, and from the moment I knew that the arena and corridor was an opportunity, I knew that we were going to get there uh, because we were going to design that facility uh, that was in line with that athlete experience. And this is all, this has been the goal and it will continue to be the goal. And hopefully uh, we'll get even better because while we put on some great events and we've done some good things and we've received our fair share of a attaboys, um, we still got work to do. You know, I sound a little bit like Tom brands right now, <laughs> but we got work to do. And uh, that's just the way we think. And, uh, Eustace over here instills that into me all the time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times he's popping down in my office and say, hey, what about this one? And I'm like, hey, if you can figure out how to pay for it, we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And Luke always does, right? Because he's entrepreneurial. He's obviously did a hell of a job as director of ops, and that's why he was trained in, in detail and minutia. And that's what it takes. And again, I go back to being able to deliver the promise behind the brand and I think with a team like Luke and Kylie and everybody else, we surround ourselves. We're over at Gable's garage all the time, talking to him about stuff. I talk to Tom probably once a week about different stuff. Uh, just what more can we do? What more? Nate Moore, West High all the time. City High all the time. So we, uh, we want it all. <laughs> and that's not that's not trying to be greedy it's just because we love it and we want there's nothing more uh energizing than than seeing uh you know a world cup date bomb of some japanese uh or you or uh or uh cuban or anybody and, and seeing the crowd just erupt in our backyard that's pretty awesome. I think it, what the, there's an interview clip floating around Twitter right now. I think it was on Stalemates, but uh, it's it's of Tom saying, you know, play for keeps, right? That, that seems like what you yeah. guys are it seems like what you guys are doing here. Luke, you should add on that. No, I mean, yeah, we we want to get the best wrestling we can, and we want to keep it, right? And 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 our goal, obviously, Josh might not like me saying this, but my goal is, as always, is hey, we we have girl state wrestling we have in our in our arena for the next couple of years our goal is to put on the best show we can put on with the girls union and and blow up girls wrestling and then all of a sudden it gets too big and they have to move it or they have to raise ticket prices because the demand is so high or whatever they're going to do we're just moving it to Carver. yeah we move it to Carver or something it's not, not leaving johnson county borders <laughs> <laughs> but you know if we do our job the goal is to again. It just goes back to making making every event the best that it can be, and, and showcasing why people are buying tickets. They're not buying tickets because um, the sports commission's running an event. They're not buying tickets because of the arena. They're buying tickets because of the people that are putting on the show. Right? They're they're putting on to watch the people wrestle, and if we can give them the best opportunity to perform at their highest level, then people are going to be happy when they leave. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, I I I hundred agree with that a hundred percent. You know, and as long I, I think I joke with you guys every time I'm there. Every time you guys throw a party there, I'm I'm, I'm planning on being there. 
Um, I think that was honestly all the questions I had for you guys, unless there was anything else you wanted to add or something else I may have missed or anything else you wanted to touch on or can be a busy after May. It's going to be all, all hands on deck for December. That'll be a busy time of year. And what we're looking forward to probably most is that December, January, February timeframe. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, I tell you what, having the, the World Cup in December, like right at the height and the beginning of wrestling season when everybody's excited and back invested, you know, all the, all the folk style fans are back invested into the sport again, right? And then to be able to showcase, you know, the best in the world in men's and women's freestyle, like that's, that, I think that's going to be really, really cool. And I really hope the crowd shows up for that. Yeah, I, I'm sure they will. I mean, when you have, uh, just look at the women's side, and you've got Team Japan versus Team USA in a final here in uh, at Extreme Arena, that atmosphere is going to be crazy. And uh, we'll see what happens on the men's side. Obviously, uh, uh, we're not expecting Russia or Belarus to be here, nor should we. Um, but uh, uh, we fully expect uh, some way high-level competition there, Uh with uh, with Iran, U.S., um, quite a few um, of the best countries. I mean, they'll all be here, which will be incredible. Epic. I can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. Big thanks to Josh and Luke, not just for their time um, chatting with me about how, you know, just kind of the story behind Extreme Arena becoming America's biggest wrestling hub, but also just the tireless work that those two put in and, you know, their team at Think Iowa City, the tireless effort that everybody ever there puts into, um, you know, putting on a first-rate show every single time. And I kind of alluded to this in, in the interview. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the Girl State Tournament or the Dan Gable Donnybrook or the National Recruiting Showcase or whatever tournament just so happens to come through Extreme Arena. Those guys and those the, the, that, that team there at Think, at Think Iowa City, they – it's a first-rate show every time. If you've been to Extreme Arena, you you know how important it is for them to put on a show for the athletes and the coaches and everybody involved in competing in these events. And um, it was really cool to just kind of sit back and, and listen to uh, you know Josh and Luke talk just kind of about the backstory and, and the work they put in and um, you know how much pride they take in their work. Right, kind of like Luke said, you know we're all little all of us who have competed in sports before. We're all still competitors. We all want to do things a little bit better. Um, you know, and, and this opportunity that they have and, and the job that they do, um, you know, really kind of lends itself to that. And, and I tell you what, every event I've ever gone to, I know I told them this in the interview, I'll say it here again. It's been absolutely first class the whole way. Um, you know, it's not an event that's built for me, for somebody that's in the media, but um, I know always talking to the athletes and, and getting to watch and, and, and appreciate the show that those guys put on. It's it's always been spectacular. And, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation and I hope you guys are ready for um, some really good wrestling this week. And I know I touched on it before the interview, but um, some of America's best and brightest wrestling talents are going to be in Coralville this weekend. Um, it's going to be a fantastic event, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, going to be a lot of wrestling to take in. Hopefully um, some folks from Iowa or, or some really fun stories unfold at Extreme Arena. Um, and we get some fun things to talk about, right, heading into, you know, kind of the meat of freestyle and Greco season, right? Because after this, um, you know, I know that U23s and, and the Junior World Team Trials are going to come up not too long afterward. Um, then month of June hits, we get into the dual season with 16U National Duels, Junior National Duels. Um, you know, and then we get kind of a little bit of a lull um, before we get to Fargo for the Junior and Freestyle 
our junior and 16U freestyling Greco-Roman national championships up at the Fargo Dome. So um, some quick sprints here and there to try and get us through the, the quote-unquote offseason. Um, but this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys tune in. I will be there all weekend. Um, you know, if you guys can't be in the building, I believe you can watch on Flow. Um, and so I'm sure that I'll, I'll, there's going to be a lot of us that are going to be there in the building providing updates and, and hopefully sharing some really cool stories that come out of this weekend. But um, hey, I appreciate you guys listening. That is today's show. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram Cody J Goodwin, and of course, be sure to subscribe and catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. I actually wrote a little bit longer story on Josh Luke and Extreme Arena becoming America's wrestling hub. You can find a link for that in the show notes, but it is behind a paywall, so I would really appreciate it if you guys could subscribe because I don't want you guys to miss a thing. Um, there are more links to uh, subscribe and videos and stories that I've written over the past month or so in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.